Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Split Screen Gaming Podcast, the occasional weekly podcast where three lifelong friends correspond with video games from the comfort of each other's homes. Because we have some announcements about that whole split screen. Say my name. Thing. So I was going to say, I was, I was leading up to it, Chad. I okay. was going to say, so I'm going to have my I'm uh, friend there. Chad here tell us all about that stuff. I'm uh, holding, by the way. He's holding the Purdue. A, he's holding to Purdue. So, Chad, do you want to tell us what's happened to uh, the whole split screen gaming podcast? This is thing? the last time you will ever hear us say, Welcome to the split screen gaming podcast. Because we're fucking evolving, motherfuckers. <laughs> we're like a Charizard bursting forth from our evolution, flying into the sky. Wait, no, Charizard's already. The, I said the wrong fucking thing. Yeah, so wait, we were Charmander. Now we're going to be Charmeleon. No, now we're fucking Dragonite. And then we're going to okay, evolve. That's a better one, yeah. We're going to evolve and become Mew, because that's how it works. We reached level 55. Cross pollination. You guys, starting next week. And in fact, you'll already see this take place on our social media feeds and the name of this podcast and the logo for this podcast. Mm-hmm. We will officially be called Respawn Aim Fire. That is our Boom. new name. Oh, 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 oh. Shaka Khan. <laughs> Shaka Khan. So, we've known for about a year now that we were probably going to change the name. We really wanted it. <laughs> for about a year since we've been on the air for about a year. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so. We kind of took our time kind of deciding what it's going to look like, um, but we're not just changing the name. We're adding a lot of extra stuff, too. Chad's done amazing work making really cool title slides for mm. all of our segments we're going to have. Mm. So if you're using an app like Overcast for your podcast, you'll see cool little title cards for each segment. So yeah. like Playtime, you'll be able to see what games we've been playing right on the title card. If we're talking about something that has like some spoilers, you'll see a little spoiler card come up. So you can be like, visually, I'm deaf, but for some reason I'm listening to this audio-only <laughs> podcast. But at least I know they're talking about something I don't want to hear because I haven't played that game. <laughs> we're going to so, have some cool intro music, which I'm yes! excited about because it sounds great. Oh, we've got when some new Chad intro music. sent it to me, I like shit bricks. It was awesome. It sounds super it's cool. True. I'm super pumped for you guys to hear it. It's true. That third little pig was so happy. <laughs> um so why are we changing our name we've known for a while but why well um, there are 40 other split screen podcasts <laughs> yeah pretty much and there's no one else named respawn aim fire that's right we want to be unique. the only ones that and, and it's a better name it is a better name yeah it's a much duh, better it's name. cool we have a fucking cool. badass logo oh yeah hey go look at our twitter page or instagram or our facebook right now as you're listening to this that's our logo it's that little three-tiered triangle mm-hmm. thing which represents um, the three uh, lifelong friends. <laughs> that's right. Three lifelong friends. R.I.P. <laughs> so we're changing our name. We don't want to be split screen because there's split screen Kotaku. There's split screen gamers. Split screen. There's all many fucking things. And like the thing that differentiated us was split screen gaming podcast. Yeah. We're that's, like, oh, but nobody's called gaming podcast. <laughs> but here's the thing. I honestly, I didn't think this would take off. I thought we were just going to yeah. do this for fun for a couple of months and then be like, oh, that was fun. That was a cool thing we did once in our lives. We've, and But, god damn, we've people done it are every week. It. Yeah. No, people are liking this shit. Mm-hmm. We are so, f- next week will be our one year anniversary. It will. February so gonna... 26th was our first day. Our new episode mm-hmm. as Respawn Aim Fire will be on the 27th. I'm crying. I just right wanted now, to Chad. let you know that. There were so many names that we went through before we came up with Respawn Name Fire. You guys don't know how yeah. hard it is to find a name that's not already taken or a website exists yes. for it. Or... There were so many times we were like, this is the name. We figured it out. <laughs> and like, oh, there was this YouTube channel like a year ago that's not really doing episodes anymore. But we shouldn't take the name out of like good morals and all that. So yeah. also, we'll move on. I just have to throw out this one that 
It was really close to being game potato. (laughs) (laughs) Holden was hell bent. I love that name. Game potato. Get it? Like a couch potato. But instead of playing the couch, you played the game. (laughs) (laughs) So we're changing our name. Respawn Aim Fire. What's coming new? What's coming new? God damn it. We're starting this out great. What's coming new? <laughs> we always started out great. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, we're going to have an increased social media presence. We're going to be on there a lot. You guys are going to be able to interact mm-hmm. with us a lot more. We're going to have social media challenges for Monday every month. So the first one starts next week. Listen next week. It'll be a timed thing. So you want to make sure you listen within that first week of the podcast if you want to participate mm-hmm. and get free Monday. Um, there are more identi- we have a more defined identity. So we're going to have topic names and segments, things that make us unique that kind of give us a little bit of a personality. Mm-hmm. Holden mentioned the theme music. Cool slides. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, I mean, thanks for listening to us. It's great. And rate us there because it's great. But also there are a lot of other cool podcast apps. Shout out to Dane Deasy for introducing me to Overcast. I'm surprised you know about Overcast. It's no, I mean, awesome I've app. heard of other things. So I'm like, why would I want this? But like, yeah, being able to do mm-hmm. chapter markers. We have chapters in there. We have awesome, cool artwork that we're going to be throwing in every episode for each segment. Uh, we're going to be setting our gorgeous. They're really nice looking. They're awesome. Thanks. 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 We're going to be uh, a little bit more professional. We're going to start stepping our game up. So we have that theme music. We're going to start listing our news sources. So you guys actually know what we're talking about and we can go research this afterwards. And then finally, just, so you know, if we're lying to you or not, because we lie to you all the yeah, time on this podcast. Absolutely. That is my number one. Like goal our name actually is going to be game potato. You just don't realize it yet. <laughs> game potato. We're going to bring that back somehow. We make sure we reserve that Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, we should. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and finally, we just, we want to have some kind of regularity. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to try to ditch the occasionally weekly. And I think we're going to try to become weekly on Tuesdays, Tuesday nights, which we've been doing now for about a month. I want to say, yeah. So, so we've, we've been, been, we've been doing that, that habit. So Tuesday yeah. nights, AKA wake up on Wednesday morning, make yourself a little breakfast cupcake. And then <laughs> turn on your podcast app of choice. No one has breakfast cupcakes, Chad. I think that's just a you Everyone thing. Everyone eats muffins. They're just breakfast oh. cupcakes. <laughs> it, it's, it's sad. It took me a second. I'm like, what's a breakfast cupcake? It's a muffin. Uh, I came up with that after you said no one, so I'm brilliant. <laughs> anyway, so we're very excited as fuck. We hope you're excited, too. Um, let us know how fucking excited you are. We have, we're going to have new Twitter handles at Fire. It's all going to be the mm-hmm. same. No more split screen GP, split screen gaming podcast. It's all the same. Yeah, we're doing respawning fire everywhere. It's going to cross the board. Yes. So, Holden, for the yes, last Jack. time at Split Screen Gaming Podcast, what did you play this week? Not a lot. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. No, I played Ring I played Out the Year. Ring Out the Year. I'm good today. I'm doing good today. Sorry, I asked you a question and I didn't listen to the answer. Tell me your answer. Um, so, I played two games. I played a little, little tiny bit more out of the Colossus. I didn't oh, too much time to play it. Yeah, 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 but I played some mobile stuff, which included. Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. <gasps> oh, I downloaded that, but I haven't played it. Played a little bit. Um, Goon, go on. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good so far. Um, I'm I really want to know your thoughts on it more than anything because it's supposed to be like the full game, right? But all the cutscenes at the beginning, it felt so short that I'm like, I know, I know Final Fantasy. Well, all, all Final Fantasy games have these incredibly long opening like cutscenes. Like was there one game that had like a ninety minute cutscene in the beginning or something like that, or is that Metal Gear Solid? Uh Metal Gear Solid four had an almost ninety minute ending cutscene. That's insane. But this game it's like there's a two minute cutscene and then it cuts to like them in the desert or like pushing their car out. I'm oh, like this yeah, is yeah. all happening hey, so night. fast. Wait, does it still have the cover from Florence of the Machine? Of Stand by Me? No. 
no so it's not the full game oh that was my favorite thing about that game because they're pushing the car and you hear the when the night is coming oh yeah i'm not playing it i'm not fucking playing those free chapters (laughs) the only so it's 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 definitely well made it's tailored for mobile very well but again i'd never played the original version of it so i don't really have that comparison necessarily yeah but I love the art style a lot. It looks really good on like a small screen. It's basically I think there's a term for it. It's like chibi or something like that. Like yeah, chibi art chibi style. style. Chibi art something style. like that. But the only thing is, is they have voice acting, which is surprising for a mobile game. You don't see a lot of mobile games have voice acting. Yeah. But their lips don't move, so they kind of have like the character's face show up next to the dialogue, so you know who's talking, even though the camera is already on them and their heads kind of moving around a little bit. It's it's kind of strange. Yeah. But you get used to it really really quickly. Do you know if it is the same voices as the full game? Again, I'd never played the full game. That's why I want to know what you have oh. to say about it whenever you play it. I guess I could have watched a video yeah, online could. like the opening of the game, but I chose not to. You so I played a little bit of that. Resistance. I, I'm super early in the game. I just um, found this guy, Dave, in a shack, and he's like, you should go kill some monsters for me. Yeah. So I'm there. So I'm, like, super early in the game. Like I said, I've not had a lot of time to play games. But I wanted to mention that because I'll probably keep playing it because it's actually pretty enjoyable. Yeah. The combat system is simple enough. You basically kind of just tap an enemy, and you just go after him and start attacking him. And then if another enemy comes over to attack you from behind, you can hit, like, a, a quick, you know, uh, um, quick time event kind of button to yeah. counterattack. Um, so it's all very kind of hands off, very easy going. But it's a mobile game, so I'm not really faulting it for that. It kind of just works better for a mobile game. Yeah. If this were in the full Final Fantasy 15, where it was just like, yeah, just tap the enemy and just like stand around while you attack him, I'd be disappointed in a PS4 having that kind of gameplay. But is that how it plays out in 15 on PS4? No. You just kind of like hit like an auto attack option and just you just kind of go nuts. No. Cool. All right. I mean, it is well, a very satisfying, smooth combat system on 15, so it yeah. kind of feels that way almost. And this is smooth, too. Like, you, there's no, um, like, old-school Final Fantasy where you're running and all of a sudden, like, the screen starts to wave and you're going into a, a battle sequence. Right. And the, the theme song sort of, like, you just see an enemy, you walk up, and then a little barrier kind of blocks you from leaving the battle zone. And you just fight your bad guys. Yeah, fight your bad guys. One thing that I was curious how they're going to implement this, because I thought this was was always a cool thing I'd seen in the trailers, was your ability to kind of just jump across the map or the battlefield to attack certain enemies. And you can still do that in this by kind of holding your finger down. So you'll see like on the edge of the screen, you'll see a little symbol of, of an enemy. And you can just hold your finger down on it and he'll just like jolt across the screen really fast. That's sex. That's straight up sexy. It's pretty cool. So I'm going to keep playing it. Like I said, I'm pretty early on, but I can see myself keep going with it a little bit. Yeah. I know it's a really long game, so I might not beat it, but I do want to kind of see what more of like what this game has to 99 offer. $0.99 cents for the next two chapters and then like 3 bucks for each chapter after that? Yeah. It's 20 bucks in total, which I think is a pretty fair deal considering yeah. that's what they charge for Final <laughs> Fantasy like five, which is a game that's already been you know, on many consoles. But also it's great. Really and I'm not saying it's a bad game, but this is, like, something new they've made. Like, they've done yeah. this art style. They adjusted the combat system. So, like, they put a lot more effort into this than they did the old-school Final Fantasy games. Yeah. So it's actually a pretty good deal, I think. Hot. But Hot. that's all I played this week. What did you no, play not. this week, Chad? You didn't play any Shadow of... Oh, yeah, you did mention Shadow of the Colossus already. Yeah, a little bit. Not Honestly, nothing. <laughs> I'm still on the same Colossus. Really? Yeah, like, I played oh. almost nothing of it. I still can't figure out how to beat this guy, and I refuse to look at guides. I refuse. Which Colossus is it again? The one of the sand where he goes underground uh, oh, yeah, under yeah, the yeah, uh, surface, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to get to him. He just keeps knocking me off my horse, and then before I can get back on my horse, he knocks me off again, and I'm like, "Fuck you!" 
Did you? I, like I think you, you had mentioned you were going to turn off the hints that come up. Did you end up turning them off? I did, yeah. Okay. I mean, you might want to turn those back on. So, no. I mean, there's one that, like, that. the first hint it gives you is pretty blatant. Actually, it's the second hint it gives you. Okay. Well, fine. <laughs> I'll do that. Wonderful. What did you play, Chad? Oh, thank you for asking me how I played. Oh, God damn it. I didn't do time codes at all. Oh, well. Who fucking cares? <sighs> I'll do it. Shut up. I uh, beat Shadow of the Colossus. Nice. All 16. For like your 15th time? For my third time. Oh, okay. Not and 15th. I have decided I'm going to platinum this game. Of course you are. Which involves playing the game at least <laughs> five times. Does it really? It does. Playing it five times? But when you know how to beat the bosses, you can easily beat all 16 in about two to three hours. Yeah. So yeah. I'm doing the time attacks right now to get all the different items and weapons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm beating the bosses. Like, the goal is, like, beat it in two and a half minutes. And I beat it in a minute and 15 because I'm that good. Whoa. Uh, so, yeah. I beat that. Fucking love that game. It's so good. It is great. It's, I'm kind of actually, like, savoring it because it's not... I don't know. It's Every moment is so great. No, it's not like over when the it. game is over because you have to play it five more times to get the platinum. Well, I don't know if I'm going to platinum it. <laughs> I don't do the whole platinuming of games thing. It's just too much. It's so good. Um, yeah. And then I played two more games. Everyone, get out your fucking green accountant hats. Get out your tiny <laughs> golf pencils and your notebooks and check off another Xbox checkbox. Ooh. I played... Fuck, I already forgot what I played. I have what's right the, one, what's the one from Insomniac? In Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive. So this is a game that came out in 2014 on Xbox One. It's an exclusive from Insomniac, who before had made Ratchet and Clank and um, Resistance series, mm-hmm. which is... Interesting, because they were previously a Sony exclusive studio. And they're making Sony, the Sony um, making Spider-Man, Spider-Man game now. Yep. Yeah. And apparently there's a lot of similarities in terms of how you navigate around the map. Like, it's kind of I designed to navigate I mean, I could definitely see how they quickly. used what they did in, in... I already forgot the fucking name of Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> Great IP. I, Great they, IP. How they took the <laughs> traversal from this, like, bouncing off of cars and grinding on wires and things. I was like, this is a smooth traversal system. It's really seamless mm-hmm. from one thing to the next. I could definitely see how they're going to take... Swinging from but, webs and making it fun. But does it blend? Is it good? But does it blend? Ooh, does it blend? So here's the thing about Sunset Overdrive. I played about a little over an hour of it. And I've laughed Therefore, a lot. Therefore, you can judge the game entirely. I've, I've laughed a lot. <laughs> including, and the character creator, I made this ginormous guy who's also wearing a tank top, a denim vest, and jean shorts. But they're like girl, <laughs> really high, tight, cut off shorts, and he's wearing like what are the? I think they're like called Molly, like shoes, little like ballet slipper looking shoes. <laughs> and oh, he's Tom's? Talking, no, 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 no. They're Mary Janes. That's it. I've never even heard of that Mary before. Jane's. They're the black ones with like the buckle that goes across the top. They're oh, like a classic gotcha, shoe okay. for kids. I was saying like shit. a shoe that's based off someone's name, and I'm like, I only know Tom's. Is it Tom's? <laughs> Oh, but it's, like, so funny. And the, the weapons and stuff like that are funny and unique and interesting. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I already don't care about the world or the people in it or the monsters that I'm fighting. Like, it's a little bit an hour. I know, but it was like, I understand where these people are coming from and why they're monsters. Because they drank the energy drink and their endocrine systems went crazy and now they have all these things. But it's, like, it's, it's fun and f- easy to play. But I yeah, just don't give a shit. All the fetch quests that I've gotten already are just fetch quests. There's there's personality to it, but there's not a lot of depth to it, and I just don't know if I'll come back to it. It didn't hook me. It didn't catch me. 
I'm disappointed because I remember seeing gameplay of this and I'm like, oh, that looks awesome. Yeah. I want to, I want to do that. I want to jump all over the place and bounce off cars and then get on the, you know, the um, telephone pole wire or whatever and just skid across. Yeah. I guess this is one of those things where like when people play Grand Theft Auto and they're like totally content for 40 hours, just driving a car around and ramming down rivers and shooting buildings and shit, like the not actually playing the quest and shit like that. Like that's fun for some people and some people think that's amazing. And for me, I just find that boring. So I understand, like, that's the kind of stuff you can do. Well, you can't run over hookers in this game because there are no hookers. But, yeah. I might come back to it one day, but I, probably not anytime soon. But it was my birthday, so I spent a lot of time playing games indoors with friends. And Tom and I played through the Battlefield 1 campaign and beat that. I've heard that's a really good campaign. It is very good. Very good. Uh, to, so here's some precedents. And by precedents, I mean... Some background, not precedence. Yeah, that is. I've sense. never played a Battlefield game before. I haven't played a Call of Duty game since I don't know. Really, first-person shooters in two? general. You, you don't really play a lot of those. I play first-person shooters, but not a lot of Who them. The fuck are you? <laughs> I'm not counting like Bioshock and that kind of stuff. War games. War games are not yeah. my. I, I don't like them a lot. I find them boring and trite. But these are mm. really cool. It's five little vignettes. Each one mm-hmm. focuses on a different person. And what I love about it is that there's also, like, new and different combat mechanics and gameplay mechanics in each vignette. So one of them is, like, very tank-heavy. One of them is airplane-heavy. One of them is all about stealth. And the last yeah. one about stealth with Lawrence of Arabia, oh, my God, it made me want to play Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> Discussion coming later this episode. We will talk about that, yeah. So I, uh, my roommate... He had Battlefield 1. He mostly did the online stuff, but it was one yeah. of the only online shooters I was willing to watch because it really does a good job of making you feel like you are on a battlefield and that these big things are happening around you. Oh, yeah. It just it feels very epic. It feels very tense in the moment. He said the mechanics were tight. I don't know about that because yeah. I never played it, but it seemed oh, really solid. The The intro, like 20 minutes of gameplay too, is awesome. It's just this hectic battlefield. You're on the front lines and it's literally just like explaining to you with text and by playing the like gruesome travesty that was this war. And you're mm-hmm. just playing as one person. It's like you are not expected to survive and you're just fighting until you die. And then as soon as you die, you respawn and it has, it has this person's name lived this date to this date. Then you just respawn as another person in a different oh, part of that battlefield. Kind of a nice and you just touch. keep dying on that battlefield over and over. And then like eventually that's just the end of that war or that battle. That's kind of fucked up. It, yeah. It, there are definitely parts in this where you're just like, holy fuck, I can't believe that happened. And a lot of this, I know at least two of these things. I know of those characters. They're based on real historical figures. Mm-hmm. I think all the stories, I know the, the I five vignettes so, yeah. I think are all based off of, like I remember someone was saying that uh the Australian story is actually a very like you know um it, there's a holiday for it in Australia yeah. you look at that that you know, I can't remember what day it was or what happened because it's Australian and I don't care about I Australia. Think it's, uh, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I just pissed off our Australian listeners. I still love you guys. We have two of them. We have we do have two of them, yeah. Um yeah, so it, it, they're all based on real stories, which is very cool because generally like Call of Duty is yeah, these guys are just going to go fight and yeah, you're gonna do their thing. Except, except Infinite Warfare was definitely based on true events. Definitely, yeah. Definitely space, space, it's based on Elon Musk and his car, <laughs> which is fucking badass, by the way. Launching rockets in space and then relanding them. Oh that yeah, dude, that's pretty awesome. That dude's awesome. Uh, that's all I played. I like that game a lot. I didn't play any of the multiplayer. Don't plan to. Already deleted it from my Xbox, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and we both played a little bit of the surge, which we'll be talking. No, about. No, I didn't play any of the surge this week. But God damn, I surge? have a lot to catch up on. No, I probably have that, more than you to catch up on. But I had to finish Shadow of the Colossus. But then after I finished okay. Shadow of the Colossus, I was like, "Fuck, I have to finish the surge." Yeah, well, we'll be talking about that next week on our uh, game of the month discussion. Yes, which we will give more updates on when we get also, there next week. Alta, Alto, Balto, Balto. Those are all words that similarly sound alike. God damn it, words. Holden <laughs> and everyone else in the world. It's my turn to pick a game, and next month, because Far Cry this 5 is the is first time I'm hearing about this, so I don't even yes, know what it's going to be. Because Far Cry 5 is next month, I'm picking Far Cry 4 as our game of the month for March. And I have that. You have that. I have that. It is also on sale right now on the PSN for super cheap. It's also been on PlayStation Plus before, which is how I have it. It is, so. yeah. A lot of people listening to this, if you have a PlayStation, you most likely already have this game. Yes. So it'll be easy to follow along. So that is our game next month. If you don't have it, get it while it's on sale this month. I'm excited because I've always wanted to play a Far Cry game, but I've never had the Me too. motivation to. I've never I hear played really it. good, so. I always wanted to play 3 because of Troy Baker's villain in 3, mm-hmm. but it's only on PS3 right now, and they just announced that it's also going to be coming out standalone this summer, so I guess I'm Ooh. waiting very very cool very very cool oh man that was good i'm glad we talked about that i feel good about that (laughs) (laughs) so we got some news to discuss shall i begin (laughs) sorry i was just like we got some news to discuss silence i was like great let's discuss it (laughs) gonna start off on a small note small note and that is that, and actually I realized in the uh, app we use to save our news stories, uh, it saved the Twitter feed, which is, doesn't include the Just tweet at Twitter. all. I was like, what is Twitter? That's weird. So basically what it is, is Sony just said, hey guys, five years ago today, we officially tweeted PlayStation 4 for the first time. Oh yeah. It's been five years. Today, five years. Cinco de Cuatro today. Very, Cinco very de Cuatro, cool. five of four. It's mm-hmm. five years of PlayStation 4. Boom, Arrested Ooh. Development new in advance. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's kind of cool. It's um, Actually, I think we'll talk more about this with our subscriber interrogative for the week as well. But it's that. nice to kind of see that it's been five years of PlayStation 5, a great console. But I want to get some bad news out of the way. Oh, yeah. Read me the bad news. So there's the Switch bad version. News sandwich? Bad news first, then read all the good stuff, and then end with something bad so that everyone not only starts out poorly, but also ends really <laughs> sad. <laughs> um, yeah, let's do that. Episode. I think, do you even have any more bad news stories? I don't I'll think make so. something up. Whose mom is dead today? <laughs> <laughs> if your mom is dead, I'm really, really sorry. And I, That's horrible. I really like, somebody's listening want... to this, someone walks in the room, like, I'm sorry to tell you, but your mother's died. <laughs> Just as he hears you say, Chad, you're a bastard. I'm a bad person. Holden, read me some bad news. <laughs> well, it's not bad news in comparison to what you just said. <laughs> the Switch version of Payday 2, which is not as important as your mother. <laughs> um, so someone uh, on Reddit was looking at um, some screenshots that showed the version number of the game. And mm-hmm. it's version number 131, which sounds really good. Except currently they're on version 172 of the game. And that's not just like bug patches and things like that. That's entire pieces of content, like different types of heists, different characters. There's a John Wick level, which I think is badass. Oh, that's cool. Not in the Switch version, apparently. I thought there was going to be like a a Switch exclusive character or like mission or something like that too. Exactly. So they're using an older build of the game and they included that older, uh, the, uh, the new character Joy in that 
older build is what gotcha. it looks like right now. Now, granted, the game's not out yet, but here's why this might be true. So a little while ago, um, I was on Reddit and I was talking to somebody about um, the game and how I might try it out. And I had a huge set of replies basically telling me, don't ever buy this game on a console. The PC version is the only one that stays supported. Apparently, Payday 2 has been known to have another company port their game to consoles and they never touch it or update it or anything ever again to the point where the games become completely broken and don't work, which is a problem when it's mostly an online-only game. Yeah. So just kind of putting that out there to be wary. So even if this kind of gets like, hey, this is getting good reviews, it plays really well on launch day, it might not stay that way, and it's not going to be the full version of the game entirely. Interesting. So kind of a bummer, but... You know... Something Keep else to say salt. about it might not be true, but yeah. it seems pretty valid. Coming from uh, someone who once took a socio linguistics course in college, I just want everyone to also know that payday is Portuguese for I farted. Oh, just a little fun that's fact very... there. P e i d e i, so it's spelled differently. That's but... actually the game I was talking about. I wasn't talking about the heist. Oh game. yeah, you were talking about I farted too. The Portuguese exactly. game. Gotcha. Yep, exactly. Okay. It's, it's really popular. <laughs> it's received 172 updates on PC. Oh man, Holden, you know what else is on the Switch? What's on the Switch? Doom. Ooh, it is. You know on what's Switch. cool about Doom on the Switch? Does it have new controls? It does. It can use motion controls now with the Joy-Con. To help you aim better, more precise which, aiming. They work the same way they do in Splatoon, which I probably mentioned this before, but I'm a big fan of the Splatoon, especially the motion controls and how they work. Big Splatoon fan! Essentially, you control the camera and, and movement just like you would in a normal shooter, but you can kind of do fine-tuning by using motion, yeah. which yeah. is so great. It's just so like in great. Zelda Breath of the Wild, or Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D on 3DS, or Zelda Majora's mm-hmm. Mask 3D on 3DS. Yep. But it's, it's or one Uncharted of those Drake's it's... Fortune or Killzone Mercenary. Not Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Uncharted Golden Abyss. Yeah, I was going to say. On Vita. Uncharted. Um, it's one of those things that's so great. Every game needs this. Especially it handheld games. so which great. Which switches everything is handheld. Not even handheld games. Like, if I'm being... I hate to go back to Horizon Zero Dawn again. Oh, Because right. I don't like... I don't like beating on that game because it's not a bad game. But, like, the thing that det- um, deterred me so much from it was... I couldn't get used to the control method because it only used the sticks. And I wanted just to make fine-tuned adjustments by you know, just moving my controller around a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It's so great, but I can't do that. And it's such a minor thing, but it makes a huge difference. It's like, it's like when touchscreens went from the ones you like the resistive, we really had to like push in to get it to yeah. do anything. In stupid styluses to like what we have now. It's a piece of glass. Yeah, Obviously, or the, the ones glass that we also better. have now, which are resistive ones, like on the three DS. Yeah, that's it's terrible, <laughs> but I never, I never even used, I go out of my way to not use that whenever possible. When I'm yeah. playing on a three DS, but so yeah, I'm really glad this is coming to the Doom. To the Doom. To the Doom. To the Doom. You know, this is enough that because... like I still don't own Doom yet. And I was oh, you I'm, should totally get Doom. If I get Doom, I'm still debating do I get it on PS4, PS4. or do I get it on PS4. Switch? PS4. PS4. But like I don't know. This is like the motion controls might be That's the reason true. Me, but also $60 versus like often on sale for 15 on PS4 is like Here's the thing. I'm Mr. Switch guy. Anything that's on Switch as well as other consoles, I'll get on Switch as well. This game is so gorgeous. Yeah. On We've PS4. also mentioned often that, like, even if kitty porn was on Switch, you would buy it just because it's on Switch. <laughs> 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 the FBI's going to listen to this and, like, look into me or something like that. I'm going to be arrested. Just watch this. Just that's watch. why we're changing our name because the FBI was on to us. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would say still get it on PS4 just because the game is so goddamn good looking. And I promise it is like I'm coming from someone who doesn't really enjoy first person shooter games that, that much. This game is so much fun. And then you're going to love Far Cry so... 4. <laughs> I want to love oh, Far Cry 4, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but Far Cry 4 is, is like an open world game. It's yeah. a little bit different. It's Killing little... tigers, making wallets. Perfect. Let's go, man. So Doom on Switch. Oh. Very exciting with motion controls oh. now. <laughs> what else is on Switch, though? Apparently there's another new game. I don't know. Switch Tell right me now. about it. I think it's a game called Bayonetta. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, so, it is. So Bayonetta... Um, had this basically they're doing something cool which is where it's bayonetta 2 but it comes with bayonetta 1 Uh, as a digital download code as well however they had some problems with their digital download codes in the box but in terms of being cool about it you just send them a picture basically and they'll that of the code and then you can get a new code again if it's not working yeah they're being pretty cool about it but they do this cool thing too if you're not buying it physically this is another story if you're not buying it physically digitally Bayonetta one is thirty bucks. Bayonetta two is fifty bucks. But you're not going to pay eighty bucks if you buy both the games because they discount depending on which one you bought. Is that a cool thing or is that confusing as cool. fuck? Because I honestly, I Dane Deasy and I were in the break room and Dane says, "Chad, I thought these were supposed to be sixty bucks if you buy them together." And I was like, "I thought they were." And we looked and we're like, "Oh man, shit! No, that's gonna be like. I guess I'm gonna have to go to GameStop and pick up the physical version. I really don't want Which to." You- if you read the description of the game on the Nintendo eShop. Yeah, but who goes into the thing and reads the description? I see, oh, Bayonetta 2, bye. I read oh, enough I descriptions the description. on the internet. Actually, the Switch is the only system I read descriptions on because it's the only one that makes it easy to read the description for the game. I don't I don't read descriptions because I, I, I already know what I'm going to get. I either watch a trailer, I'd never read the description. <laughs> I always well, either just watch cool. the trailer that's on there, but... I'll tell you why I like this. I don't know if I want to spend $60 on Bayonetta when I'm not a huge action fighter sure. fan. But for 30 bucks to try the first one out, and then if I like it, I can get the second one for 30 bucks. Like, I know that ultimately is still $60, but it's lowering the barrier of entry for me yeah, to try this yeah. game out. So that I like. I was also I just only going to buy it digitally anyway. Put that we out there for people who are looking to buy it. the discounts work, which we should probably mention the discounts work. If you buy the $30 Bayonetta, it discounts the $50 Bayonetta 2 to $30. If you buy the $50 Bayonetta, it dis- uh, Bayonetta 2, it discounts the $30 Bayonetta 1 to $10. <laughs> so, yeah, it sounds that? confusing when you say it. But it, 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 no matter how it works, basically, you buy both games digitally, it works the math out, so it's 60 bucks. Yeah. That's how it works. I just also wish they had, a, like, a like on PS4, you'll often see, like, Far Cry 4 and Far Cry 3 as separate things. Or you can buy a Far Cry bundle. That's not a, a real example, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. I just wish there was also a bundle option so there was less confusion. But anyone out there wants to buy it digitally, you can. You can. And you don't have to pay you more burnt. money. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm excited to play that. I bought it. I downloaded it. Right to go. Oh, you did buy it. I was going to ask if you bought yeah. it. Did you? Let me know. No, did you I bought didn't. it? No. I didn't bought it. I didn't bought it. I See, I downloaded them, and then I was like, oh, which one do I start with first? Because Bandana 2 is getting 10 out of 10s all over the place. And so Bandana I researched. One got really good reviews, too. I know, but listen, I went online and I was like, which one should I play first? Can I play Bayonetta 2 if I haven't played 1? And then a bunch of people said, yeah, you can play Bayonetta 2. And then one person said, no, you should play 1. I was like, fuck, now I have to play 1 because one person said so. So now I'm going to go play 1. <laughs> no, I, it's, there's a story I know, but I don't know how much they really rely on each other for the narrative. I think it's just characters. I think it's just getting to know characters. Yeah. It's not like Zelda where you have to play them in order. And Mario, you have, have to, to play, play them in them. order. Yes. Yeah, you can't play Mario Odyssey until you if go you back to the original NES version. If you fucking use that whistle to transfer to World 8 and Mario Bros. 3, nope. You're lost. <laughs> You're lost, bro. <laughs> 
Um, let's finish up Nintendo news because there's only one more story. Two more man, stories, actually. Music sticks in your head, man. It does. That Especially was the whistle theme song. I have not played that game in 15 years. The one game I haven't played in 15 years what? or ever is FIFA on the Switch or Whoa! any system for that matter. Any system. If you're Alex Siler, you love FIFA. <laughs> I don't. I just don't like sports games or sports in general, so not the a big surprise. Face. But EA was satisfied with how the Switch uh, on the, for the Switch sales of FIFA, which is exciting, not because they care about sports games, because it means that they're actually going to support the Switch going forward. Yes. So their kind of whole thing yes. was, well, we'll see how FIFA does, then we'll decide if we're going to support the Switch or not. Hmm. Yes, so, EA. Give me those loot boxes on Switch. <laughs> so that's exciting. It just means we have more support for Switch coming. I like that. And you know what? It's it's interesting that they did that even with like kind of a hamstrung copy of FIFA. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't the full-fledged version. Well, they're going to make a new version friends. of FIFA now. They'll probably put more resources into it. Exactly. Now that they know that people actually played it. Yeah. We were always scared going into like anytime a new console's out there and people are trying it. We're always scared that they're either going to not put enough resources into it and make a shitty game and they're like oh it didn't sell well we're not going to support it or they yeah. put a bunch of resources into it and then they're like i forgot where i was going with this let's move on to the next story <laughs> <laughs> well, no, ultimately though with, with the fifa thing as much as i don't care about fifa that's probably the best game they could have picked be, just for the sake of it, that game would have attracted people to buy it if people didn't buy fifa on switch that's yeah. one of their best-selling games period yeah 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 so they yeah. kind of gave the switch the best chance it possibly could have so mm-hmm. all good one more Switch story, and then we're done with Nintendo for I'll the switch day. It up. I'll switch it up. Uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2 Ooh. release date announced for Nintendo Switch. It's going to be May 22nd. They're going to release... This is kind of the whole Bayonetta thing. Um, you're going to be able to get it physically for 40 bucks, but then digitally you can buy Collection 1 and Collection 2 separately. And cool. it's 40 bucks physically, but it's actually 35 if you buy them separately on, uh, digitally, which is kind of nice. So it's fifteen bucks for collection one, twenty bucks for collection two. Hot. I like to see cheaper prices on digital games. Yeah, yeah. Like you mentioned the Vita. Like I totally yeah, forgot you about got that. Five bucks off if you bought it digitally on Vita. Great deal. Can't complain about that. And Chad, I can't complain. That's Nickel Creek. Fill my brain with news knowledge. Hi, Holden. Listen to me. Do you have a PSVR? No. Do you have two hundred dollars? You can now get a PSVR. It's tempting. So uh, Sony's doing a limited two-week run again. I believe that ends at the end of February or maybe beginning of March. March 3rd. March 3rd. 200 bucks for a PlayStation VR. Pretty titty. Actually, basically, it's it's all bundles that they used to have are now $100 off. Yeah. So the Doom VFR bundle was 400 Now it's 300 But that comes with the camera, the game, the demo disc, and, of course, the VR headset. So Does for that what come with you... motion controllers? No, it doesn't. You guys, you should also get motion controllers. I think the... Yeah, but it's not required. It's the better. Skyrim bundle comes with motion controllers. Does it? Okay, but yeah. that one's now four. It was five hundred. That one's now four hundred, right? Uh, no, it's four forty nine. Now it's three forty nine. Okay, so for an extra fifty bucks, you get motion controllers. Basically, that's worth it. Um, you also get a better game. I here's think. another thing: PSN update week just blah, 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 sales just went on this week, and if you have PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus, a lot of VR games are up to seventy percent off. So Ooh. all those good shits. Now's a good time to get a PSVR and then go buy a bunch of games digitally for it. I'm wondering what the timing of this is. This is interesting. Do you think mm-hmm. it's just like a, just a basic promotion or do you think there's anything more behind this? I think that they saw a shit ton of people buying it over Christmas at the $200 price point And they're like, you know what? Let's fucking do this. And then maybe they announced something new at E3. I don't know. $200 is the price point where it becomes easier to become an impulse buy. Yeah. 
And I think that anyone who that's buys like, it as an impulse... That's like if you bought five Joy-Cons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have five, I don't think. I have a few of them. Um, no, like but... five separate Joy-Cons. If they're $80 a oh, pair. yeah. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... <clears throat> What's it saying? You totally got me off track with the whole Joy-Con. I don't know. Is it, is now I'm excited so, about Nintendo know. again. What does that mean for timing of price of VR? Oh, yeah. So, oh, impulse buying. That's what it was. If someone just got, is like, oh, I don't know if I want to buy a PSVR or not. And they're like, well, 200 bucks, why not? I'll just try it. They're going to enjoy it when they get it at home. Like, yeah. the experience is convincing enough that you will kind of get on that train. Yeah. And if they can get a bunch of people then talking about VR, be like, hey, man, I wasn't sure about the VR. But you got it for train. 200 bucks. Now it's great. That's a good thing for Sony. So, good move. I'd like to see $200 be permanent, though. Me too. And I think it will be very soon. Maybe Absolutely. E3 will announce, hey, this is the new permanent price. This is the PSVR. this is the test to see, hey, does it really increase sales that much? Because then yeah. they can just match the volume, and there's more volume they're selling in. They yeah. get more profit, technically speaking. Also, volume so. is a PSVR game. Mm-hmm. That I hear is good from you. Uh, I haven't played the PSVR version, but there is a PSVR version of Moss coming out Boom. next week. The Segway. date of our birthday, Lord and Savior, Respawn Aim Fire, <laughs> the 27th of February. <laughs> oh, man, that's the game with a little mouse, and you control the puzzles and the mouse with your one controller. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cute as fuck looking. I can't wait I to play it. I get so confused when I see this game, though, because there was a book I wrote as a kid. I wrote, I read as you a kid. You wrote a kid's book I wrote as it, a kid? Um, called Moss Flower, and it stars a little mouse and he plays a mouse so every time i'm like oh they're turning moss flower into a video game no that's right it's just the similarly named game yeah 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 i don't know maybe this is i don't think it is well i guess you'll have to buy a psvr and buy that game to find out because i'm not gonna tell you google's for cheaters you don't want to look at guides you need to spend 250 dollars to get this game and know for sure cheaters hey baby listen i've been seeing this other girl i've been googling (laughs) a lot lately i'm sorry babe (laughs) so Something I'm excited about when I heard this Ooh, is that me. Max Payne, the developer, which is mm-hmm. Remedy, I believe. Remedy. Yeah, yeah. Remedy. They made uh, Quantum Break, didn't they? They did, yeah. Is they're making a, uh, a new action game, which they call a cinematic third-person action game set in a new Remedy-created universe. Did you Ooh. play Max Payne at all? I played when Max Payne came to mobile. That's exactly when I played it. <laughs> yep. Uh, I had it on Xbox, like original OG Xbox, a long time ago. I feel like I played it because I had it. I don't know. Maybe my brother played through it and I watched some of it. I don't know. I don't remember. In essence, no. I don't know. I mean, I've se- yeah, I watched my brother play a couple of these because I remember everything about it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I liked the first one. I didn't play two or three, but I really enjoyed the bullet time. And the movie has Mark so Wahlberg, cool. and he goes in the baby room, and it says baby on it the door. It also has nothing to do with Max Payne My friend at, at the all. time, though, read Babby instead of baby, and we lost it for the next, like, five minutes in the movie theater. That was a bad movie. <laughs> oh, I want to see that now. I don't know if it was that bad. Was it really, like, that terrible? Yeah. I love seeing bad movies. I know you do. You love J-Lo. <laughs> for all those who want to see bad movies, go see 1517 to Paris. It's so terrible. Anyway. Yes. You know why I found out that's bad? I mean, it's based on a true story, the real heroes, but they're also starring in it. Yeah. It's the really stars bad. of the and, movie are not actors. But here's the thing is they're not the worst part about the movie. Oh, Like, Clint Eastwood's directing is probably the worst part of the movie, which is really surprising. What if anyway. he's like dementia or something now? And they just kind of I gave mean, him this project. It's like, hey, listen, you're going to die soon. Here's the last one, little hurrah. We know it's not going to be good, but 
<laughs> you gave us a lot of good shit over the years. Do you know who else gave us a lot of good shit over the years? Who? Microsoft <laughs> and keyboard support. <laughs> segway. <laughs> good segue. <laughs> I would ride that Segway straight off a cliff like the inventor of Segway. So there's been a kind of a kerfuffle around having keyboard support on Xbox One. It's unofficial, but you can do it, and it's upset some Xbox gamers because it kind of gives them an unfair advantage. Yeah, especially in competitive online gaming. Yeah. So basically Xbox or Microsoft came out and had a statement on it basically just saying, hey, guys, we don't. We want to give the developers the freedom to choose how their game gets played. Yeah. So basically, it's not on us. It's on the developers. Go to the developers and talk to them about it. Yeah, there are, also, there are kits in there that, that say, yes, I would like to disable mm-hmm. keyboard support for my game. Yeah. Um, but also, they kind of go on to say that they support cross-platform gaming between PC and Xbox. Which at that point, you're absolutely playing against one of the uh, mouse and keyboard, most likely. Yeah. So... <laughs> You can turn that off. So, like, in Gears of War 4, you can say, I only want to play with people who are on Xbox. Sure. That way you have a less likely of a chance. But I think this is something that Microsoft should have built into the console itself. Well, they're also saying, like, they last September, I believe, they had mentioned that there will be keyboard and mouse, like, full support coming from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Even, I think, the, uh, like, a Microsoft-branded one coming this year. Um, Shouldn't do it. There are arguments to be made, and they actually make this in the article on GameSpot. There are arguments to be made that like these are some of the only ways people with accessibility needs can play video games is with a keyboard and mouse. So yeah. that's one of the reasons why they say they're not going to disable the use of it by default, and they're going to leave it up to the developers. Mm-hmm. But I think having the option to say, I don't want to be able to play with keyboard players should be something that Microsoft builds in. So that I, in Xbox Live, can just say, only against people with controllers. That doesn't prevent someone with accessibility needs from playing. Yeah. It just means that they can't play with anyone who matters. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Because with your logic, they're just going to be left by themselves fighting other people with accessibility. No, they've cross-platform support with PC. They can play with PC people. (laughs) The real people are going to kick their asses. (laughs) That's terrible. Oh, man. Uh, All right. So, but talking about Microsoft brings me to what I think is actually the most important story of the week. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go on. (laughs) <laughs> so chad i'm assuming chad thinks this is non-news and in a lot of ways it absolutely is but in a lot of ways it's also the most important news story of the week <laughs> it's a video so we can't really we're going to just describe the video to you but basically microsoft is doing something called cospups which is <laughs> cosplay of puppies <laughs> dressed up as like master chief or other characters from microsoft um, franchises that you don't know his name is master chihuahua it's Master Chihuahua. I also love there's Pug G. Yes. Because it's a pug. Uh, what was the other one? was um, Sea of um, Fleas. Furza Horizon. Furza Horizon. <laughs> and it's totally stupid. But here's why this is important, is that these companies are making a huge push into China. This is happening because of the Year of the Dog. Yes. Which is it's the Lunar New Year in China right now. And basically, China has not allowed consoles made from non-Chinese companies to be sold in China f- for the past 15 years, and now they're loosening up that restriction. So, like, earlier, um, a few weeks ago, we talked about how um, GameCube games are being ported uh, to the NVIDIA Shield in HD to be released only in China. That way, Nintendo can have a presence in China before they could have the Switch out, which kind of helps boost their kind of word of mouth and 
just their brand in China. And this is a attempt for that. It's a ridiculously stupid attempt. <laughs> it's so it. cute and stupid. It is though. super cute. Like I recommend watching the video, but it's totally ridiculous. But it, it's important because <laughs> this is a major shift in gaming. Like in movies, we've seen so much of like. Um, in Iron Man 3, there were scenes that were shot specifically to only be shown to Chinese audiences. Oh, right, yeah. Like, there's stuff like that happening in Hollywood. So this could be the start of having, like, different things that are only for Chinese audiences or kind of seeing a lot more things catering to that culture, which could have some pros and cons. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens with that. But ultimately, it's ridiculously stupid, these puppies dressed up as xbox characters it's so cute and stupid i love it <laughs> i honestly added it in there because i was like you know what i love that microsoft can have fun and be silly and dumb oh, with their absolutely. marketing that's so cool uh we have one more story system shock remaster put on hiatus by it's not canceled what it's not canceled no it's they're not just canceled. putting it just so they're still gonna make hiatus. it they basically said that they're they got overly ambitious and they kind of need to make sure they're staying true to what their original goal and promise yeah. to the gamers were. So they're yeah. going to put it on hiatus. So it's still coming. They're not canceling it, but at least they're kind of being upfront about it, which I appreciate. I think it's always yeah. a good thing, I mean, but they, it also kind of hurts confidence that people are going to have in the game when it comes out. I really, well, I'd like the way that he explained it. Um, Stephen kick, the CEO of night dive studios is doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the way that he announced it and said, Listen, it started as a project we were just going to do to just re-release System Shock, kind of up with new textures mm-hmm. and things like that. And then they're like, well, now that we're working on it, what if we update it and switch from the Unity engine to Unreal? So that presented them with a bunch of new issues and, and opportunities. And then they're like, well, while we're doing this, what if we completely remake it from the ground up with like new inspirations and things like that? So they're, like, they're expanding beyond where they thought they were going to go. So yeah. I think they're just going like, to put it on hold for now. Uh, it says, I've put the team on hiatus while we reassess our path so that we can return to our vision. Please accept my personal assurance that we will be back and stronger than ever. Um, so, yeah, I think that's promising that it's like, hey, it started as something just kind of run in the mill. We're going to churn out another HD remaster, and now it's actually something we're excited about, and we need to rethink our strategy on it. I'm excited. This is a game I've always wanted to play. For people who don't know what System Shock is, a lot of the same people who made the original System Shock, or maybe System Shock 2, made Bioshock. I know Bioshock. Ken Levine worked on System Shock 2 for sure. And it's essentially that same kind of style game as Bioshock, but it takes place on a space station. Spaceships. And there's almost, actually, it's kind of like, almost like a portal element to it as well, where not the game mechanics of portal, but the fact that, like, GLaDOS is talking to you the whole time, and there's an artificial intelligence kind of controlling the world around you. That's part of System Shock's world as well. There's, like, mm. an artificial mm. intelligence mm. in the mm. ship that's kind of like a character you're interacting with. And... I've always wanted to play this game. It's always been one that's been on my radar. So if they're remaking it as opposed to remastering it, I'm assuming they mean like Shadow of the Colossus. Right. They're not upresing the graphics. They are rebuilding it and staying true. Right, 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 right. So I'll be cool. I'll be interested to see that. Shakabra. Oh, that's the end of our news, Holden. That is the end of We're done with news. No more news left. (laughs) Holden, guess what came out today? Um, Metal Gear Survive. Are there any reviews for it? No. No no reviews yet. There's no reviews yet. Have you heard about this? You know why? No because reviews? no one knew it came out today. <laughs> I totally forgot. Like, I think it was like earlier this week when we were, when we were deciding what the topic was going to be. I'm like, did they delay Metal Gear Survive? Or is that still coming out next week? I don't know. And I'm like, wow, it's a major failure of marketing that I have yeah. no idea if the release date they have already announced is still the release date that they're going to release it on. Yep. That's really bad marketing. But it did come out today. And here's 
what happened. I think this is hysterical. They gave reviewers like IGN, Destructoid, Game Informer, all those people, they gave them review codes last week. However, they did not turn the servers on for any of them to actually play the game because it is an always online game. So none of them could play it until today. And then when they go to play it, it says, oh, there's an update needed. But there was no <laughs> update available to download to play the game. So there have been like, no reviews of this game out there because they totally botched the, the launch of this. It is playable now is my understanding. And there are some early impressions up there. So I've read some of those and all that. But I wanted to talk about... Metal Gear Survive, what it means to the Metal Gear franchise kind of going forward. You have a lot more experience with Metal Gear Solid than I do, by which case, I mean, I've never played a Metal Gear Solid game in its entirety before. <laughs> you have. So I guess as a fan of Metal Gear, what's your take on Survive? My thoughts on Survive are exactly my thoughts on Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. And it's just that, oh, okay, I don't care. It's an offshoot in that same universe that I just don't care about. <laughs> Did Kojima have anything to do with Revengeance? A little bit, yeah. But, I mean, it was still developed by Platinum Games and not okay. Konami. Gotcha, um, okay. But this was Konami, and this was the same this engine. This was the Fox Konami, engine. yes, in the Fox engine. And the same game mechanics, technically speaking. Right, but with some but with zombies. zombies and shit like that and base building <laughs> stuff. So it's it's just another entry. There are also, like, Metal Gear Acid on the PSP was a card game Metal Gear thing. Mm-hmm. There have been offshoots in the past that I don't care about that just aren't part of the core franchise. And I think this is, whether it's by virtue of marketing or the game itself or the audience that it's going for, which I don't think it knows what audience it's going for, it's just something that's probably going to come and go. And will be just another thing in the Metal Gear universe. That's what I'm hearing a lot of in the um, in the kind of the early impressions is that actually a quote. I think this is from Dest- Destructor or Kotaku that they don't expect people to be talking about this game by the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. Which not. is not a great sign. Like Metal Gear Solid games, those are landmark games. Like every time one has come out, it's been a massively huge deal. And to hear someone say like eh, about Metal Gears kind of weird well yeah main entry games they've always been the talk of the town but That's even when revengeance came out i remember revengeance coming out i still remember that game i never played it never like cared about it but i st- still remember the discussion around that game when it came out and this i feel like we're gonna remember this as oh yeah that Ko- that non-kojima metal gear solid game that yeah metal gear game that just no one cared about so now, here's something interesting that that um jared petty formerly of ign said the other day about Metal Gear Survive. And I thought this was an interesting take on it. It's not 100% correct. But he said, I think if a new game comes out, even if it's not made by the same creator, I think if it has something good about it, that we should celebrate it. And that it should be allowed to continue doing that thing, even without the original creator. And then he said, sure. if you think about the people who made Super Mario Bros. are not the same people who made Super Mario Odyssey, yet both are amazing games. Mm-hmm. The caveat being, yeah, Miyamoto definitely did make both of those games. Yeah, but he um, played a smaller part. Uh, right. He played, obviously, yeah. a much smaller part in Super Mario no. Odyssey. So I think, like, we shouldn't dish this just because it's not Kojima. I think we should definitely give it a fair shake. But totally. it doesn't it's look Konami, like it's going to work, though. But it's Konami. That's kind of the thing. So here's the thing. It's like I think it's a good point to make, with, especially with Mario. I don't like saying this, but eventually Miyamoto's not going to be with us anymore. and He's, he's going to be the bad the- news sandwich. It's going to be the bad news <laughs> And other people are going to have to take over the main heading of the Mario franchise. Right. But it's still going to be Nintendo, and there's still the collection of people at Nintendo who've been making Mario games 
are still there. Like, although Miyamoto's not there, those people who make the game are still there. Right. And if you and, think about it, like, the people who made Odyssey are the people who grew up playing Super Mario Bros. Exactly. So not only are they making the game, but they are also fans of the game and diehard fans. What we know about Konami's culture, given this whole Kojima incident, how it's going to kicked out, doesn't seem to have that same integrity. And yeah. they're known for having pachinko games and, like, kind of cash grab, like, yeah. stupid stuff. So, yes, absolutely. I just think that Konami's not the same thing it's not comparable in that in that way and there are a few things about this that i think speak to this a few things that i noticed in the early impressions i read is that there were some really good things that were said about it things like the graphics are amazing the gameplay is solid the animations are really good all of that relies on the fox engine which was there when kojima was working on it so all the things that seem to make it really good are things that kojima did which I guess isn't the worst thing in the world, but I think it kind of points to, yeah, we should be concerned, maybe not for this game, but if they continue down this path, they're going to have to do new Fox Engine eventually, and then it's not going to have the same person kind of behind that. So there are things like the microtransactions in the game. Pay to win. They are things like a um, an XP booster, so you can level up faster. Reviving in the game, so if you die, you can just revive yourself oh, up again. Okay, Like things that are just... That's not how microtransactions should work. So I'm kind of concerned. As like an outsider, I don't see the Metal Gear franchise holding the same weight it once used to. Yeah. But to be fair, that also happens with just about every medium with every major franchise. For the most part. Like there are exceptions. Like James Bond has been around since the sixties. But like God Lethal Weapon, which is not the same as James <laughs> Bond, but like no, like there's, I guess there is a new there's lethal, the lethal weapon, weapon TV, TV show. Sure. There is, but there is yep. a huge gap between them. I guess let's think of a better example than that. Um, lethal Weapon Two. No, actually, I think this is slightly comparable. Um, people love the old Superman movies. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't really know about people who are like, man, I loved Batman versus Superman, best Superman ever. You don't hear that. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Unless you're Justin Svoboda, so. <laughs> That's an inside joke for people who know him. He just his first and last name. That's not cool. Hey, you know what else is not cool? What? I don't know. But what are your thoughts on the future of Metal Gear Solid after Rising, or after Survive? Um, I think it depends on how well this game sells. Does it? And if it does sell well, we will see more Metal Gear games. And if the farther we get away from Kojima, the worse it's going to get. Here's what I think is going to happen regardless. Yeah. Uh, I think, shit, I didn't put this on the list. I came across an article and there was like a, I can't remember, like a LinkedIn profile or like an Amazon France listing or something like that for Metal Gear Solid HD collection. And it listed PS4 and Vita instead of PS3 and Vita, like the original when it came out. I think Konami's next move after this one is re-releasing all of these games for current-gen systems because they know that people are going to go crazy and they'll buy them. Of course. They'll reignite their I will the probably franchise. buy them. Um, and then, so yeah, I think we'll see Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 release in HD on the new consoles. Dear God, I hope we see 4 as part of it. It took forever mm-hmm. for that to be released digitally on PS4 and it never came to 360. I'm oh, sorry, PS3, and yeah. it never came to the 360. Mm-hmm. But here's, like, Field of Dreams level 
hype that I want. I want <laughs> because Field of Dreams is the ultimate level hype. It's the ultimate level of hype. <laughs> I would kill everyone's mom to play Metal Gear Solid 1 in the Fox Engine. Completely remade in the Fox Engine. Totally. And I think that before they That make, sounds great. Before they make a new Metal Gear game proper in the franchise. Mhm. I think that should be their next move. So you're basically saying that, like, internally in the company, they're going to more or less reverse engineer those games. Like, okay, what was it that made these games so good? Okay, cool. Now we know Metal Gear Solid Six. Yes, because right now, that well, not necessarily doing it to make sure that to, to figure out what made them good, but right mm-hmm. now Metal Gear has a bad taste. It, anything yeah. Metal Gear, even Survive, it didn't even stand a chance with reviewers and the internet as a whole. Well, it hasn't been reviewed yet, technically. So people might say, hey, I played a few hours of it. It wasn't great, but I warmed up yeah, to it. It's but just, the best Metal Gear Solid game ever. Just the Konami debacle, That'll it's going to get torn to shreds no matter what, even if it is yeah. a great game. Just as like a uh, – just as for just to basically appease Kojima because people love Kojima. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I think they're going to re-release these HD versions of things to remind people, oh, man, fuck, yeah, I can't remember. I remember now playing this game. This is amazing. And then one comes out, blows everyone's like, oh, my God, Metal Gear Solid 1 and HD. I've wanted this for 100,000 years ever since Twin Snakes came out. Oh, my God, I mm-hmm. love that. And then they're going to – that's going to kind of make all the bad taste kind of take a back seat, and people are going to be distracted yeah. by how much they love it, and then they're going to be reminded, oh, shit, what if 6 comes out? I Boom. think that – I don't know if people are going to follow that up with. I don't know if six comes out. I think that's going to bring the. I think there was a fear when Disney bought Star Wars. They're like, we're making new Star Wars movies. And you know, like kids who grew up with Star Wars in the 70s and 80s were like, their stomachs churned and were like, oh God, please don't do it <laughs> after the prequels. I think it might get more of that reaction than it would get a, like, yes, they managed to remake the first game and make it good, just like the first game was good. <laughs> Oh, but I know so they can make the better. next one good now. So, I mean, there will be people who are excited no matter what. Yeah. You hear Metal Gear Solid 6, people are going to be excited. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be comparable. I don't know. But I think you're right that that's how they have to, to do it. Yeah, they have to release I mean, something that people already know they like. Because you can't yeah. shit on Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, and 4 because everyone knows they're great games. You yeah. just have to be excited for them to come out. Also, what other choice do they really have? Exactly. Are they going to make Metal Gear, uh, Metal Gear Survive 2? After people shit on this game, are they going to? What other franchises they really have that are comparable in, in reputation? Okay, but I, that's such a like. I feel that's more of a niche game. Really, you think Castlevania is a niche game in terms of the main zeitgeist of like I mean, people? Yeah, Metal Gear is probably bigger, but it's bigger. That's what I mean. It's a classic. Bigger. It's absolutely a classic, but it's, I think it's a classic the same way that Metroid's a classic. I think I'm going to decide for you. I love Metroid, but Metroid's always a lower selling Nintendo franchise. What was that? I think I've decided for you that you're going to make Castlevania Symphony of the Night a classic for us to revisit for Game of the Month. I do want to play a Castlevania game. I've never played one before. So. Great, me neither. April, that's it. I've decided for you. I'm just kidding. But it should <laughs> definitely be there in, in the April. future. I already know what we're doing in April. <gasps> Donkey Kong Country? No, that's the next. No, that's uh, May. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry. Oh, man. But I think basically the gist is that it's really ambiguous, the future of this, and it really depends on if Konami wants to take a giant shit on Metal Gear or not. Yeah, or and if they're be just smart done not with to. games in general, and they're just making... They're not they just, done with games. Well, I mean, the, games is such a small percentage of their income and revenue that they could totally pull out of the gaming business in general and just rely on their pachinko and crazy Japanese stuff that they do. 
Do they really make that much money off Pachinko? Oh, man, yeah. That is the main source of revenue for Konami. That's Games hilarious. is like a tiny, small hobby for them. Hmm. I think it's a good segue into our subscriber interrogative. Oh, my God. How the fuck do we miss this? Jerson listens. I want to make sure I'm saying your name. I've said it like four times on this podcast now. So, Jerson, write in with a video of you saying your name. <laughs> In <laughs> or you just say, or you just have a tweet at us, hey, did you pronounce the name right? And you give like a thumbs up or something like that. But no, uh, send a video. Jerson tweeted to us <laughs> at uh, King Snow on Twitter, tweeted to us last week saying, hey, you guys mentioned we will talk about the PS Vita on the next episode. So my question is to you guys, due to the Vita failure in comparison to other handhelds, do you think Sony will make another portable console in the near future? So here's what I remember from last time. I remember straight up just, I think we briefly mentioned this. We didn't say in, yeah. in reference to him, but I think I just briefly said, oh, no, no, absolutely no way. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. And there are some, I know like Kamoriarty, he thinks that, that, that Sony's crazy enough to do it. I don't think so. I have some, some reasons. And I think that we will know for sure this year. I think this is the year that'll tell us. Really? Because PSP came out one year before PS3. And the, and, the reason was that they could say, hey, PSP is console-quality graphics because PS2 had been oh. out for several years at this point. Same thing with the Vita. The Vita was announced the year before the PS4 came out. And again, they said it has console-quality graphics because it could kind of replicate PS3 because it had been out for a long time. So there's a lot of... I think it's reasonable to expect that a PS5 could come next year. I don't know if we agree on that or not, but I think it's a pretty reasonable reasonable explanation. Announcement well, reasonable or expectation. release? What was that announcement release. or release? Oh, release. Okay. Um, I think it's quite possible. Five years is the average lifespan for a console generation. The reason the last console generation was different in the PS3 and Xbox 360 were out for like a million years was because of the recession. That's that's the reason why those consoles were around for so long. I mean, this is slightly off topic, but this is also the first generation we've had these like pro upgrades as well. So that might throw sure. a little wrench in the mix there. But but also technology, when it increases faster and faster and faster, they might need to keep doing that. They're also kind of the point where we might not have generations anymore. But I, I think it's reasonable to expect a PS5 next year, which would mean it's the year before the next console generation starts. This is when Sony's usually said, hey, guys, we have a handheld to show off, and we haven't heard jack shit yet, and I just don't think it makes any sense for them to go in that direction for two reasons. One is that... They have developers not split across two systems, one of which probably won't sell. They have developers focusing on one system that is absolutely selling gangbusters. So they can release more games for it, which makes that gangbusters selling console sell even more gangbusters. So stick with that. That's a good train to ride on. It's working. Don't mess with it. So there's that. The other thing is that Vita has been, quote unquote, successful because it's a good place for portable indie games. Seems like Nintendo's completely dominated that realm. And not only is it a portable indie game machine, it's also one that you can dock in your home and play it at home as well, which would give it a clear advantage over a most likely comparably priced Sony handheld, which would just make the Sony handheld seem ridiculously inferior unless you want to do at home. Well, then you have to buy another box for a few hundred dollars. So it just doesn't, I just don't think it makes any sense for them to go in that direction. I wouldn't, personally be upset if they announced a new handheld like i would still consider it because i loved the vita i loved the psp i think they were great devices and i think that 
So, like, if you look at the sales as well, Vita did, like, really bad. It sold 15 million units. That's, like, Wii U level of bad. And I think that the Vita was a much more easy, um, much more easily marketed or marketable than the Wii U was. Sure. I think it's a much better system than the Wii U was in terms of being clear and concise about what you can do with it. <laughs> that was the Wii U's biggest problem, and it sold comparably to that. It's done. Like, it's just it's done. It's not going to happen anymore. I'm going to twist this. That was a long rant, sorry. Rather than saying, what are the chances of having a new Sony handheld, I'm going to go on a different tangent and say, when would what circumstances would have to happen before we see another handheld? And here's my thoughts on that. This kind of has my crackpot theory that I've had for a while. We'll go for it, yeah. I think the next time we see a Sony handheld, if we ever see one again, mm-hmm. will I be... I think we will, but not soon. Will be either PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 6, depending on where mm-hmm. technology brings us, when server-based gaming is the new normal. So, can I turn my crackpot theory? Because this is the perfect no, setup for it. No, I have to finish mine first. All right, fine. So we heard we talked about last week Google's yeah. new streaming platform that it's mm-hmm. it's working on. By the end of this year, major cell phone companies are looking to have 5G accessible, which is faster than home this Wi-Fi. This is my exact thoughts, yeah. And so when you are no longer and and storage is an issue now. Mm-hmm. We're already yeah. running out of storage so quickly on our consoles. So when you no longer have to worry about storing your games and everyone is connected no matter where you are, it's just a matter of you are buying a box that unlocks you access to a server mm-hmm. where you're either streaming those games to your TV or screaming them, streaming them to a handheld in your bag. When that becomes the norm, Sony will sell you a $300 device that connects to your TV, a $200 device that goes in your bag on the go, and it's literally you push pause on your screen on the go and you can pick up right where you left off on the TV because it's connected to the same server. I, I'm going to take it one step farther than you because I agree with you absolutely. I mean, cloud gaming is where the future is, 100%. There's stuff we have to figure out with it. But by, like, 2030, we're going to have incredibly fast networking that's going to be battery efficient, and you can run all these games in glorious 4K over a 5G or maybe at that point 6G connection. Who knows? So absolutely. But this is – so my my crazy crackpot theory is that the Switch is the is far more forward-thinking than we think. In the sense that consoles are not going to be boxes under your TV. They're going to be these portable units that can dock into a television to play. So I think you're right, but I think that the $300 box and the $200 handheld will just be like a $300 handheld that you can dock in at home as well. So they kind of just really build all the technology into the handheld. You can take it with it everywhere you go. You get home and you dock it in. And it's all completely seamless because there's nothing really inside that handheld at all. So you can put a big old gigantic battery in there and a wireless receiver and you're done. I think because I really think that the benefit of hybrid gaming like that is so apparent, just not yet, because it all has to happen on unit. But as soon as you get 5G networking and, and stuff like I mean, 5G networking is a hell of a lot faster than Wi-Fi is currently. Yeah. So if you can do gaming streaming over Wi-Fi, it's like you got it figured out for 5G. Yeah. The biggest hurdle is going to be the battery life. Whenever a new networking technology comes out, 3G killed battery life when it was new. Obviously got a lot better. 4G came out. Killed a battery life when it first came out. Got better. 5G is going to be the same thing. So I think that it probably won't be PlayStation 5. But PlayStation 6, I think it's reasonable to expect that that might be something a lot different than what we're used to. Yep. And I think that PlayStation 5 might kind of start setting the way for game streaming in a bigger way than PS4 ever could have. But it's definitely going to happen. 
And I yep. think at that point, yes, we will have a Sony handheld. But I think it might fall more into that hybrid category, and that's just going to be what consoles are. And, like, in 30 years, it'll be like, remember we put boxes under our television and how stupid that was? You couldn't just, yep. like, take your, you know, your game on the go. But the reason, I think the reason that this is a big deal is that Call of Duty is not going to be successful on the Switch. Because when you take it on the go, you're not connected to the internet. But if all these games are internet-based all the time... There you go. You're also not limited by hardware because the servers can be upgraded to be more powerful. Exactly. You're so that just also streaming and doing input commands. Well, that also brings in the question, too, of, well, what's a generation after that? Like, we are having questions about generations in terms of their – it's the same architecture. Just kind of keep it going. We don't need to change the architecture every single time. But right. we're getting to a point where just upgrade the server. You still have your same box or your same handheld hybrid, whatever yeah. it is, your tablet. You don't need to upgrade that if it's all happening in the cloud. So right. how do they really sell you on like a PlayStation Seven and a PlayStation Eight? Updated like, resolution, refresh rate. But at, like, OLED at that point, though, LCD. at that point, I think we're already going to have 4K on a little handheld. Like, yeah. there'll be something gig? new. Oh, absolutely! There'll be like, well, okay, like you've seen, have you seen the new the red camera phone? Yeah, so it's just With holograms. The screen. Yeah, yeah, it has a holographic mm-hmm. screen. Like that'd be bananas. They'll find something to sell us. Yeah. Oh, I'm, they will figure out something to try to sell us. <laughs> I'm not worried about them marketing something. They'll definitely do that. So, yeah. So, I, to answer your question, Jerson, um, not soon. It's not in the foreseeable future. Like, it won't be like the Vita or the PSP. I think that's done. Yep. But I think that a streaming-capable tablet of some kind, that's the way to go. Mm. And actually... Sony has a patent for that. They have a Switch-like device where you take two controllers and lock it on the side and then take them off and combine them to make a DualShock. And it's a tablet. They, there is a patent for that. Yep. That doesn't mean they're going to do anything with it. Companies have patents for all sorts of things that they don't use. So it could happen. It could happen to you. Thank you, Jerson, <laughs> for writing in for our subscriber interrogative this week. That is it for this final episode of sub- of not subscriber what is this thing called <laughs> split screen gaming podcast <laughs> we will see you all next week brand new with all of our theme music and bells and whistles and sex mm-hmm. appeal as respawn aim fire we'll be Again, talking about our social media campaign we'll be kind of pushing out so you'll yep. have some fun activities money to... money 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 free money basically yeah you get money yeah and also game of the month next week finish the surge holden Fucking finish I, well, you it. Have I'll to fucking finish, finish, finish it if too. you fucking finish it. It's you, really I, good. I but it's I, oh, I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm like already stressing in my mind. Like, when am I going to play this between now and next Tuesday? I know I have the time, so I can definitely do it. Oh man. Okay. Everyone. Good night. We love you. I love you. I so can't speak for holding for next week. Mm-hmm. I love you guys too. Don't let chat say otherwise. Okay. I'll never tell. <laughs>